0: So I always visualise um, competing at the Games and visualise what it would be like to, to walk on a podium and to having to work for five days and visualising the events it would be. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't think about competing at the Games. Um, it's always in the back of my mind. I always think about it. If I'm having a tough training session, I think about why I'm doing this and what the end result is. I think about it before I wake up, when I, when I go to sleep, five, six, seven times a day yeah, I think that's really important to, to visualise what you want to achieve. And I'm I really a big believer of um, what you think is what you manifest.
1: This is the Limitless Athlete podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of Mindset Rx, and your host. And I believe visualisation is one of the most underrated tools an athlete can use to create self-belief and overcome mental ruts. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. The there is no past in the future. There's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay. That's part of the deal. That's how I responded. to Today on the Limitless Athlete Podcast, you'll be listening to a conversation between fittest man in the UK, Zach George, and myself. Zach has an incredible journey of not just physical change, but mindset growth too. As you'll hear, Zach was overweight as a child, subsisting on a diet mainly comprised of junk food. However, Zach chose the route of growth and challenge in his journey from overweight kid to one of the best Crossfit athletes in the world. Along the way, Zach's identity shifted in a deliberate and chosen fashion. He discarded the unconfident beliefs which made him feel distant from his childhood and chose to leap toward the unknown. As you'll find out, this was far from the easiest path possible, but what helped guide Zach's journey was his consistent use of future casting, in particular, visualization. We have to keep our objectives at the forefront of our mind if we're ever going to achieve them. If we don't, our old, comfortable beliefs will take over once more. One way of doing this is to refer to your goal as frequently as possible, to visualize yourself achieving it, and to feel those moments of success along the way. Alongside visualization, Zach and I also discuss the value of goal boards in goal setting, the role of body image in creating your mindset, the role of shame in creating our identity and our behaviors, and the value of your environment. Alongside this episode, we'll also be releasing a partner episode, The Debrief, where Mindset RX head coach Rachel and myself will help you apply the lessons within this podcast, your training and wider life. We'll also be pulling out key ideas that you may have missed and discussing how you can use this conversation, the wisdom within it, to train your own mindset and become a limitless athlete. Now, back to the show with Zach George. So, Zach, welcome to the show officially, man. Thank you for uh, making the time for us. No worries, mate. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. So let's start where I think is most interesting with you. Um, tell me what early childhood was like, kind of primary school age, before you got to, uh, before you get to like 12, 13.
0: So I was a very overweight kid, um, used to have ridiculous amounts of junk food in a week. So it'd be kind of McDonald's three times a week, KFC two, three times a week, um, bags of, bags of Haribo every day and uh, just hated exercise. So complete opposite to what I am now really um I always enjoyed sport and was quite a sporty kid but um if you tried to get him to do any sort of exercise outside of a sporting environment then I'd be like no I don't want to go for a walk I don't want to go for a run um so oh that's my that's my little puppy trying to get involved in the action we're allowed to um, have dog interruptions that's what I'm gonna quickly take her out one second um yeah so that was kind of my my childhood background um and then it kind of all changed around the age of yeah 13 like i said when my dad offered to get me a playstation 2 if i was to uh sort my diet out and get a little bit in shape
1: yeah because i know it's like it's asking your way back but before that like kind of transaction there and the kind of the the movement towards weight change or um what was it like to be you before then
0: uh, I was very self-conscious. Um, hated the way I looked. I never really liked taking my top off um, around anyone. I always remember swimming lessons at school was always like a big nerve-wracking thing for me, and I always try and make up as many excuses as I could to try and skip school that day or skip swimming. Um, I remember times where I used to be at home and my parents would have friends around and I'd be just chilling with my top off on the sofa, and then suddenly some people would come, and I kind of get really panicky and try and run upstairs, try and get a top on. So oh yeah I was extremely self-conscious never really um happy about the way I looked always dreamt about having six pack and being in good shape um but I, I was always a happy kid but I think deep down yeah I was very self-conscious the way I looked mm.
1: and you mentioned your your dad coming to, and by the way thanks for sharing that like it's it's so important it's for people to to hear this from other people yeah yeah and um, especially yeah. someone in your position it's so it's totally important for people to hear that so yeah you viewed yourself in this kind of self-conscious way um where you're very aware of that the way you look back then you mentioned your dad um and the kind of the transaction of like okay if we, if we make a change here around your health like i'll get you a pst can you tell me a little bit more about your dad he seemed to be like a massive force for good at all all po- uh, points of your life
0: yeah definitely He was um he tried several ways to try and get me to lose weight um i think it all stems from uh my mum always wanted a really big family I always wanted like seven, eight kids. That was kind of her dream. Um, She had my sister. There's a seven year gap between me and my sister. And then she had seven miscarriages in between uh, my sister and myself. Um, So she went for obviously a lot of stress. It's it's, it's very tough to go through that many miscarriages. Um, And then when I came along, it was kind of like a miracle that she could have another kid. Um, So my mum kind of wrapped me in a lot of cotton wool and kind of, I couldn't do anything wrong. I couldn't look out of shape. Um, even if I was severely overweight, my mum couldn't see anything wrong with that because she was just so appreciative and sort of happy um, that she could have another kid. And I think that sort of, that strong love can sometimes be a hindrance in in your progression. And um, my dad was kind of the one that kind of looked past that and said, look, right, he needs to kind of sort himself out now because if he doesn't sort himself out now, when he gets to the age of mid-20s, early 30s, he's going to be in a real bad way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I remember it was my daddy who was always trying to encourage me to be a little bit more active or maybe not have four McDonald's a week and things like that. And my mum would always be like, oh, no, he's, he's perfectly fine. Like, he's happy. Like, don't sort of encourage him to try to lose weight. He looks perfect how he is. So it was like a kind of a battle between them two. But then, um, yeah, it kind of resonated when I really wanted the, the PlayStation 2. So he was like, right, Let's sit down, let's set some goals with each other. Um, Maybe two months from now, we'll do another measurement uh, and uh, get on the scales and see if we can kind of lose a little bit of weight in that timeframe. And if you lose X amount of weight, I can't remember the exact amount, but if you lose a little bit of weight, then we'll go and we'll get that PlayStation 2 that you've wanted for for so long. So yeah, for me, it was like, great, this is an opportunity that I can really knuckle down. Um, This is something that I wanna achieve at the end of it, which is a little bit of weight loss, but most importantly for me, it was just getting that PlayStation 2. And um, I literally just stopped having McDonald's four or five times a week and maybe only have it twice started to have less KFC within the week, just less general junk food within the week. I never really changed um, any sort of exercise routine. I never started training. I just kind of played sport at school. And then the only thing I did change was my, my nutrition. Um, at the, at the end of the two months, we kind of, I'm a, never forget, we had the we had the measuring tape, we jumped on some scales. And uh, yeah, it was just like a really proud moment. It was the first time probably in my life where I set a goal with my dad we had worked hard for two months and then we achieved it um and i think that was a really good lesson that my dad was trying to teach me as well is that if you set a goal you can work towards it and then you get a reward at the end of it so i remember going to get the uh, the playstation 2 went to toys r us which is just like heaven when you're a kid um yeah and then we got the playstation 2 and yeah i never forget that it was always like a a real big life changing um moment
1: yeah i can absolutely see why it's really cool that your dad tapped into that motivational strategy as well it's just like, yeah yeah 100%, and like, we understand yeah of course kids like we motivate them but i'm sure members at bfg as well it's yeah, very yeah. much your box bfg it's um it's i'm sure it's um we use motivational strategies the whole time so that's awesome that yeah percent. yeah what kind of um challenges came up along the
0: way for those in within those two months um, to be honest, is it it a long time ago. So I don't really remember too much of the in-between. Um, I just remember vaguely sitting down and setting the goals. And then I remember the the end goal as well and the end result. I don't really remember too much in-between. But um, I know around that time, I was still wanting to lose weight and get in shape because someone else was giving me an external reward. And I remember about two years later, I think it was about 15, 16, so a couple of years later, um my dad wanted to take us to an anti Robinson seminar and anti Robinson is all about obviously motivational speaking and, and health and things like that and at the time um I remember none of the family wanted to go we didn't know what we were doing we were just going to this random seminar on a weekend obviously I was a 16 year old kid so I didn't really want to go with the family to this random seminar anyway we got dragged along and um it, that was like a massive life-changing experience as well it was over two or three days um I think it was called embracing the power within or something like that and um it was all about like I said uh, motivational um speaking sort of Wanting to get more from life, um, all about eating healthy and how that can of affect on everyday life, um, and yeah, it was the first time after that weekend where I came away and I really wanted to get in shape just for myself, instead of having sort of my dad say, "Right, I'll get you this if you lose this, or I'll get you this if you if you stick to this nutrition plan." It was a it was a time where I literally just wanted to get in shape for myself, get in the best shape I possibly could for myself, and then eat a, and live a healthier lifestyle just to be healthier and and feel good about myself and I remember us as a family after that weekend we all kind of cut the junk food out we all kind of did it together so that was a very not- another extremely impactful weekend where yeah I came away wanting to just live a better quality of life. How did things change in the immediate aftermath of that seminar? <clears throat> so I remember we went the immediately a couple days after we got rid of all the junk food so in the house we'd always have loads of chocolate bars crisps sweets now's and obviously it's just temptation isn't it so um as a family we got rid of all that and we just cleaned up the diet basically from word go um I think that's the point where I started to goal set as well so I got a goals board um that I set and review every year and I did that since that um since that weekend, so they're about the age of 16, I've done every year since. Um, so straight away, we kind of, we learned a few things and we kind of put them in place. There was so much to take away from that weekend. Um, I think my dad just kind of pinpointed the main three or four key points that he wanted us to take away. We focused on them. Um, so we didn't get lost in trying to make kind of 20, 30 changes instantly. And then after a week, we just give up because we're trying to implement too much. Um, So I remember it was nutrition that we kind of really sorted out, um, goal setting and mindset are the sort of three that my dad kind of picked Pointed for us and we kind of focused on them so like i said yeah we cleaned the diet straight away um we all had a goals board that we we're writing down things that we want to achieve and just changing our mindset in everyday life and um, wanting to make healthier choices and go out for exercise and go to the gym and and yeah just kind of um just generally getting healthier better shape
1: mm, like
0: it's it's cool to hear
1: how you are surrounding yourself in that kind of a supportive environment. And it sounds like something you're you're continuing to do in your training environment now. And that's definitely something I want to touch on. Um yeah. for, for many, many reasons. There's a few things that I can't leave alone though, with the you, you mentioned. Um you mentioned mindset. How did you work on change changing your mindset? Because it's quite another a nebulous <clears> term for people, it means different things to different people. Like, how did that work for you?
0: Yeah, for me, mindset, it was just kind of um rebuilding different habits, which then in turn would change my mindset. So um things like I always had a negative approach around exercise outside of sport so I had a very negative mindset about training really um, and then after that I kind of tried to flip that and try and enjoy the training so instead of just kind of going to the gym sitting in a really hard session um, I just used to pick things that I used to enjoy I got a friend to go to the gym with And for the first kind of couple of months, we would just mess around in the gym and we weren't really probably achieving much. But the main thing for me is that I was still going in the gym, doing a little bit of exercise. And the main thing that I was enjoying it. And then over the, the couple of weeks, couple of months, I, my mindset started to change. I started to enjoy it more and more. Then we started to go to the gym with a purpose and actually go in with hard sessions. We enjoyed making up our own training re- re- regimes, which when we look back now, we're just horrendous. We're just doing all sorts of just biceps and tr- like chest and literally just work on those two muscles pretty much every other day. Um, but the main thing is I was getting into it. We're learning along the way and we're enjoying it. So from having a negative mindset about training to then flipping it and within six, seven months, we're actually enjoying going to the gym and it's something that we look forward to doing. Um, I think that mindset just comes through building good habits every day and just turning up to the gym, not putting pressure on yourself, um, not setting ridiculous challenges that you're not completing, which is going to give you a negative mindset. We were just going in, having fun, um, messing around. And then over the weeks and months, the mindset changed and we really enjoyed it. So... I think it was just putting things in place and just doing it on a daily routine that eventually changed your mindset because I think you can't just change overnight it's it's not going to happen and I think if people expect it to change overnight that's where they can see um, a drop-off or they they quit halfway through or they only last a couple of weeks is because they're expecting really quick overnight changes whereas we kind of put things in place and just drilled them in day after day and then eventually your mindset will change after you, you repeat the process so often
1: yeah nailed it there um and from a kind of a mindset coach's perspective like yeah nailed it like the fact that it takes time and what I can also see and and hear throughout your story is how your identity shifted as you went through um how did how you view yourself change from that kind of initial that initial change in health and lifestyle to the point where you're, you're at now
0: in your story so I remember like from the age of like 12, 13, 14 and before that, I was always known as like the overweight kid, um, who, was, who was good at sports still, but he was very lazy on the, on the rugby pitch, um, didn't really like running, um, yeah, and just generally had a lot of junk food and that's what I was kind of known for it, with it, whatever year I was in at school. And then I remember from the age of kind of 16 to 18, that really changed and um, Obviously, after the seminar, when I was getting more and more to fitness from the age of, like I said, six, well, probably late 15s to 18, I was known as the sporty kid, the one who looked after himself, the one who ate healthy, made healthy choices, um, was the sportiest kid in the school. who um, was kind of first team rugby player and, and so on. So that was like a big, nice change for me because I, I could see a massive difference between how people were seeing me and how I felt about myself. And like I said, by the age of 17, 18, last sort of couple of years in school, I was known as the one who, would, who you'd come to if you wanted to ask a fitness question or if you wanted your mate to make a, a gym routine, you, they'd come to me or if they had any nutrition questions, they'd come to me. So <clears throat> that was a nice sort of, um, nice sort of change that I, I realised in myself over a span of probably five years.
1: Um, how did that change how you view yourself as well? like we spoke about like other people's perception of you. How does that feel to be you?
0: Yeah, I was just just generally a lot happier. I think as a kid, it's quite hard to when you're 12, 13, it's quite hard to assess that you're unhappy with the way you look, even though you probably are unhappy with it. It's it's hard to kind of you don't have that maturity to sit down and say, right, I'm unhappy because of this. Um you just kind of you go along with it and you kind of you skip swimming lessons because you're ashamed of how you look. It doesn't really resonate why are you doing it if that makes sense mm. um so to then being known as the sporty kid and and having a good body and starting to get a six pack it made me made me feel really good and I was proud about my body and that made me want to do it even more so it was like a it was like a nice routine I was getting a lot of appraisal from other people which is making me feel good making me feel confident which is then making me want to learn even more about nutrition and want to get to the gym even more and try and push myself to as the best sort of person I could be. Um, So I remember in those later years, like I said, I was playing a lot of sport. I was playing um, Leicestershire rugby, uh, squash, table tennis, trying my my hand in lots of different sports. And like I said, when I was younger, I was always a very sporty kid. I was just quite lazy. So when I was combining my natural sport ability with then being very fit and one of the fittest in my school, that was really when I kind of shone throughout my sporting career and started getting to really into rugby, like I said, playing Leicestershire, uh, played for Leicester Tigers Academy. And around the age of 16, 17, 18, that's what I thought I was going to be. I was my, my, my aim was to be a professional rugby player. I was on the right path. Um, I was in all the right teams. And then I started to get a lot of um, ankle issues. So my feet were collapsing. So I was getting flat-footed. Um, but I didn't really pick it up and no one really picked it up. So I'd play maybe 20 games and sprain my ankle 15 times. I'd always have knee pains, always have hip issues. And it was all because my arches and my feet were collapsing. So around the age of 18, um, trying to push through the, the niggles and pains and constantly having issues, uh, I kind of just decided to, to, to retire at the age of 18 and um, just to stop playing rugby altogether. And we saw a couple of physios and they didn't really pick it up. That if I was having a knee issue, they were very much focused on the knee. And then one physio picked out that you are getting these issues because you're flat-footed. You're not wearing insoles. um, Your arches are collapsing, which is then giving you issues all the way up your body. And by that time, it was about six months after I stopped playing rugby that we actually identified that was the issue. Um, Got some insoles made. And then within kind of a month, two months, I was like back running and and feeling great again. But by that time, I already had seven, eight months out of playing like competitive rugby. I didn't really want to get back into it. Um, I kind of fell out of the love of the sport because how often I was getting injured through it. And then um, I remember the age of 18 thinking, what am I going to do? I thought I was going to be a rug player. Now I need to find something that I want to focus on. Um, university never really appealed to me I didn't want to go to uni I thought I was never very academically strong so I didn't want to go and just waste three years kind of having a laugh and 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 just enjoying uni for the wrong reasons and then come away having a big amount of debt and not really a specific qualification I wanted to to work on so um, because of my my weight loss journey because of how passionate I am about nutrition and, and training I thought right why don't I become a PT because I, I'm in really good shape um, I know what it's like to go on a weight loss journey um, I thought my story would be a really good selling point to attract clients so as soon as I left school I did um, a years-long course at Loughborough College after six months I was working in a gym and absolutely loving it and that was like my path from the age of 18 to 23 24 was, was being a PT helping people on a and yeah, I really enjoyed that that period of my life before I found CrossFit. Yeah,
1: I can I can see why there's such an identity shift there, There's such a like oh, this is who I am is, um is changed so dramatically over those years. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook: How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free. You just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com/ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com/ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Talking you about your goals board, like what's it look like?
0: Now, yeah so at the minute it's got a podium at the crossfit games
1: yeah
0: okay. um it has uh what else you got it's got loads of stuff on it's got specific training goals um like a like a 140 snatch 170 clean jerk um it's got uh, business orientated goals so work with certain brands um Develop things like a YouTube channel. Um, I want to eventually get into some property stuff. So it's got a few goals on that side of things. Um, so, yeah, it's got a good mixture of training and sort of non-CrossFit related goals. And like I said, every year it gets reviewed. We tick off what we've achieved. Um, and then, like you said, some things don't happen overnight. So when I first started CrossFit in 2014, on my goals board then was compete at the CrossFit Games. And then it took seven years to finally qualify. So it's not like every goal is going to get ticked off each year. main goals that might take, like I so said, seven years, but then I have some goals that get ticked off every couple of months that keep me motivated, keep me striving towards the big main goal. So, yeah, a mixture of career goals, um, a few family-orientated goals in there as well, and then some non-CrossFit business-related goals as well.
1: Nice. And how often are you reflecting on that?
0: Uh, I look at it every day. Um but probably assessing it and seeing how it's going probably every three or four months. And then at the end of the year, I'll always have an end-of-year review of how it all went and what got ticked off, what didn't, why didn't it get ticked off um, and things like that. So, yeah, a big sit-down and evaluate the whole year at the end of each year, but then every couple of months we're looking at it and see how on track we are to to achieving certain different goals. Nice.
1: And are you thinking as well of, like, how you want to change as a person and it's like how you want to grow. So for example, um, one thing that might help you um, achieve some of those goals is I, for, for someone that's not necessarily you, like be more aggressive in pursuit of this, or I want to turn up my confidence in, in terms of this, are you considering like, or be, become more present, being like developing mental toughness, all these kind of things, are, are those in your mind as well?
0: Um, yeah, I think, Quite fortunately, that stuff comes naturally to me. So I know if I set a goal, I know what I need to do to achieve that. So um, for me, for example, if I wanted to say I've got a certain snatch goal that I want to hit, I know to achieve that goal, for me, I need to spend a lot of time doing my drills, a lot of time spending work on mobility, um, making sure I'm stretching, recovering every single day to prevent an injury. And they're the three things that I need to focus on to be able to achieve that goal. And every goal will have those sort of steps that I need to, or steps and actions that I need to take to, to achieve that goal. Um, and I know them steps for each goal. And I think just from my personality and how I like view the world and how I just live every day is that, I'm always constantly doing those things without constantly thinking about I'm doing those things, I think if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another one might be if I'm trying to get into uh, property and trying to build a property portfolio, first I need to learn about that industry. So every couple of days or every sort of week, I might be researching different things or reading different articles and just learning more about that industry. And it's not a conscious effort to have to do that. It's just something that I know is in the back of my mind if I want to achieve this I need to start doing this this and this um, same thing like the YouTube channel I want to grow and, and develop a YouTube channel and to do that you need to make regular content and post regularly so for me again it's always in the back of my mind that right we need to get another video for this week so I'm consciously thinking about who I'm going to do the video with and then organizing it put it together and then I know doing that week on week out is going to eventually help grow the channel so, yeah, each each goal has its different steps that you've got to have in place to be able to achieve them. And I think because I've just done it for so long, it's something that comes quite naturally to me. And I don't really have to think every day, like, right, I've got to, I've got to do this for this and this for this. It just comes it comes quite naturally to me, I think.
1: Nice. That, that's really nice. Yeah. And, and I think th- having the goals
0: ball somewhere where you can see it every day makes a big difference as well. And I always recommend if you do have a goals board, have it somewhere. So as soon as I wake up, I I look at that goals board. I'm not looking at it. I'm sitting down like, right, I'm reading everything I've got on there. But just subconsciously, you even seeing just a few of those goals every single day you wake up and then go to sleep. It just resonates sort of deep in your subconscious that you know the certain steps you need to do. And it's just like a constant reminder of what you need to and what you want to achieve
1: you nailed it there like bring that that goal to the subconscious keeping the top of the mind awareness like that is exactly what we're trying to do like we have an exercise called um the direction review yeah in that you're basically refreshing your vision um you're deciding on whether your direction is is good is on target essentially like am i doing the right things and then essentially and then breaking it down so what am i going to do today to take me closer towards success so that's um it's sweet that you're doing that it's, it's really cool to see
0: yeah okay thank you
1: yeah um when did you first meet Harmeet Singh mm.
0: so <clears throat> I met Harmeet in oh, when is it now mm, I'd probably say 2014 it was okay. and what was your first memory of him I remember um so he came in so he was living in Dubai at the time and uh, his family were over here so he used to come come to the UK regularly and uh I owned a commercial gym at that point in 2014. We'd not long had it opened. And, um, I was watching all the CrossFit documentaries and absolutely buzzing off CrossFit at the time, thinking I was going to get to the games within six months. Um, absolutely trying to train like Rich Froning and do it twice a day, but then still work for eight or nine hours a day. And I was just super eager and keen to, to get into CrossFit. And I was, uh, doing some strict press at the time and Harmit came to the gym um, it was his first time there he uh, signed up to a free trial and then he walked into the gym and we had like a, a little crossfit section in the gym so the majority of it was like um, bodybuilding kit we had a big section for functional fitness classes and then we had a small two-man rig where I could do some gymnastics and practice some crossfit bits but in the gym we probably had at the time, maybe three people who were doing CrossFit. So me and then two of the other, my friends, that enjoyed it. We had no idea what we were doing. Our technique was horrendous. We were just trying to do muscle-ups and trying, literally what we saw on YouTube, we just tried to copy the next day. And uh, I was doing some strict press and then Hamid came in and he had some of your classic CrossFit trainers on. Like um, he had his knees, Lee. He was like, oh, "All right, right, this, this guy looks like he does CrossFit. So I went up to him and said, how are you doing, mate? Like, welcome to the gym. Um, I can see you do a bit of CrossFit. And he's like, Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a level two coach. Um, I'm from Dubai, but I'm coming here to visit my family. And um, I remember he saw me strip pressing. I think I was strip pressing 100 at the time. And he was like, like You're strong, mate. How old are you? I was like, Oh, 24, 24 at the time, 25. I was like, Yeah, I want, I want to get to the games. That's, that's my aim. And he was like, Right, you are like, you're mega strong if you're strip pressing 100 kilos, like the way you are, that you've got some really good strength um over the next couple of days we did some fitness sessions and my fitness has has been really good for my sporting background so you could tell I was fit as well um I just had absolutely zero gymnastic capability so I couldn't do toes to bar couldn't do chest bars couldn't do ring muscle ups couldn't do double unders like couldn't hands-on walk no gymnastic element I could do um and he's like right why don't I um help you learn all the basics I hope you learn how to live weight lift um I hope you learn how to do gymnastics and um for, yeah for the next sort of Two years he basically coached me and, and taught me all the movements that I need to learn and um, straight away when I first met him I was like right my goal is to get to the games and he was like right let, let's do it together and sort of yeah like I said seven years later we finally qualified for the game so um, he's been there all the way um, he, he's taught me all the basics um, after the first sort of three years of him teaching me everything I kind of really enjoyed and got into programming myself so I, then i programmed myself once i learned all the movements and i have done since um but yeah he was there he was there at the start and we still train together every day now and it's it's a nice journey to have been with someone at the very start and seen me struggle to where i am now because we have a lot of people coming to the gym who are always like oh i can't imagine that never not being able to handstand walk or can't imagine him ever having to struggle with ring muscle ups but then Harmy's been been with me when we we tried to do um, thirty ring muscle ups for time, and it took us thirty one minutes. And like now, my PB is like two minutes twenty. So he's been with me since all the struggles and and learning everything and having to be resilient and persistent. And I think that's a really good thing to see because I think when people just see the end result they think you've had it easy and you don't have to put as much work in and and I don't really have I don't have anyone in the gym who thinks that but just from that's people's general perspective when they see a professional sportsman I think is that unless they've seen you struggle for years and years trying to learn these movements it's very easy to just think oh he's naturally good at that that exercise or he's naturally good at this and that's why he's able to be so good at it but yeah Hamid's been there from day one where he can see the struggles of me spending a year trying to get ring muscle ups and things like that. So, yeah, we've we've been on the journey together from day one, really.
1: Yeah, that's exactly why I wanted to get you on the show because people do often think they look at like athletes of your caliber and think, oh, they've just not necessarily had it easy, but they're kind of determined to be there or they're kind of um, genetically got it. They kind of they weren't really struggling, natural athletes, all this kind of stuff. And you've yeah. shown and what you continue to show is like, okay, challenge find a way to overcome it, challenge, find a way to overcome it, whether it's flat feet, whether it's being overweight, whether like it's, whether there's some stuff that we're going to talk about as, as we go through, like there's, there's challenge throughout it. And it's, it's really cool to see why does podium at the CrossFit games or getting to the CrossFit games mean so much to you?
0: Um, I think because I am, um, once I set a goal, I need, like, I need to achieve it. So, for, for several things obviously it's it's the pinnacle of our sport so qualifying for the games is the highest you can get in our sport so and not many people get to achieve that so it's a privilege and to reach the top of your sport is always about any sportsman wants to aim for Um. secondly like I said because I set that goal all the way back in 2014 so to finally achieve it last year was it was just the it was kind of a uh, a reward over the last sort of six, seven years of all the sacrifice I've made, all the people that said um, when I started out into uh, cross that you're too heavy, you're too big for the sport, um, you're never going to be able to get the gymnastic capability you're going to need. So it's kind of prove all those people wrong and to an acknowledgement to myself that I, I backed myself for that long and stayed persistent with it and didn't quit. And I eventually achieved that dream. So, yeah, it, it, it means a lot for several different reasons. But um, I think the main one is just how I'm made up. And when I set my mind to something, I need to achieve it. And I won't stop until I achieve it. Um, so it's great to have put that much work in over the years to then finally achieve It's is, is an amazing feeling. So, yeah, to, to be the top of the sport, um, but mainly for myself and to know that I had the ability to do it. And all those sacrifices I made previous years were for a good reason, and then also for for the people that supported me throughout throughout my career. So, a lot of people, um, a lot of people back you, and they they make sacrifices. And Harmi used to teach a lot of the extra classes than I did um, because we wanted me to get to the games, and so he sacrificed his time for me to be able to train and get to the athlete I am. So, it's also for the people that support you and, and the sacrifices they make as well that makes you want to achieve that goal even more.
1: Mm. there's it seems to be an incredible environment that you've not only kind of you it's not that you find yourself in it but you've cultivated it i think I genuinely think like everyone that I spoke to before interviewing you like said said the same thing that you kind of you attract good people around you I think it's probably being an honest open guy yourself um yeah. but what's so special about the environment that you train in
0: it's um yeah it's mega so we've got I think ever since I started this sport, I've always like dreamt about messaging like my idols and going to train with them and it's always been like that would be insane to do because you're just training with the people you've watched in the sport for years and at that time they're all basically Americans so I never really had the chance to do that so when anyone sort of messaged me now do you want to come train I'm like yeah cool just come down tomorrow if you're free and some people are really shocked like that you say, yeah, to invite them to come down to train or they're expecting to, to pay a decent amount. I'm like, no, just, just come down for free. We'll just have a session. That's it. Like, it doesn't change anything to my day. You come in and doing what I'm going to be doing anyway. Um, so we've created this environment where it doesn't matter what ability you are. It doesn't matter how in shape you are, how long you've been doing CrossFit for. Anyone can, can jump in my sessions and we'll just have a laugh and we'll all have a good training session. Um, so for me I train at 10 30 every morning um, and we actually put that on as a class for our gym so it's not a coach class but if anyone wants to come train with me and a couple of the trainers then come down at 10 30 um, the workout will be on the board um, and then we'll just get it together so if it's got bring muscle ups in and you can't do muscle ups just do pull-ups or chest to bars or ring rows That it's all scalable and um, I think that's quite a unique thing to have in a gym I think some athletes can get a bit too carried away with sort of just training within their own elite bubble. And I like to keep it open and doesn't matter who you are, you can come train and have a good session. So I think having that session on at the gym as an actual timetable class makes a big difference and shows how open we are to have anyone come train with us. And then the same thing again at five o'clock, I always train with my, my training partner, Dan. And then there's probably a handful of, six to eight other other lads and girls who rotate in. Some some come twice a week, some come three times a week, some come one week, don't come the other week. Um, But it's open to basically anyone who wants to come and jump in. So I think over the years, that's just created a very open and honest sort of training environment. And no one feels like you're not good enough to train with some of the best in the world. And it's great for the members as well, because they're training with like a CrossFit Games athlete and they're actually buzzing off it. And then we're buzzing because we have got more people in the gym, so the atmosphere is better. So it works both ways, really. It's really nice. I I really like
1: that as a kind of a community building, but also as a way of um, tapping into the the motivators that drive you. Obviously, community and doing the right thing for other people and helping other people, serving other people is a huge thing for you. Um, So to to actually make that happen is fantastic. You're in Leicester, right? Leicester, yeah. Yes, we are see me at 10 30 on someday in the future um yeah. so you meant sorry Gunn. where are you based uh just outside cambridge
0: oh no not far yeah, at all
1: so yeah not far at all drove through there the other day uh um, oh. so i have to have to pop through i oh, definitely will yeah. definitely will um you mentioned that you you use the phrase like i used to dream of messaging the best guys and, and train with them yeah is this like is that just a turn phrase or do you practice visualization do you do that kind of as a practice or does it just happen like talk to me about about that
0: yeah so what just in everyday like goals yeah, do you
1: like do you think goals? about your success as, as a whole would you like imagine how that's going to look do you imagine like moments of success do you like achieving specific goals
0: yeah so I always visualize um competing at the games and visualize what it'd be like to to walk on the podium and to having to work for five days and visualising the events it would be. Um, so, yeah, there's, 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 I don't think there's a day that goes by where I don't think about competing at the Games. Um, it's always in the back of my mind. I always think about it. If I'm having a tough training session, I think about why I'm doing this and what the end result is. Um, I'll think about it before I wake up, when I when I go to sleep. Um, and it's something that comes really naturally to me. I don't really have to think about thinking about competing at the games that makes sense it's just just pops into my head like Mm. consistently five six seven times a day um and yeah I think that's really important to to visualize what you want to achieve and I'm I'm a really big believer of um what you think is what you manifest and um I remember reading the book The Secret uh, years and years ago, and it's is a great great book about mindset and the energy you put out and what you what you think is what you attract. So, when I've got competitions, I'll be thinking about the workouts, um, thinking about me visualizing going through the workout, um, competing at the arena I'm competing at. Um, so it kind of changes. So, for instance, I've got Madrid in two weeks. So at the minute, I'll be thinking about what it's like to compete in Madrid, what it'd be like to winning and walking the podium. What it'd be like going through event one, what's my strategy. So I'm constantly thinking about the events ahead. Um, but if I'm not got anything specific that I've got within next sort of month or two months, it's always just kind of yeah, thinking in my head about competing at the games and what it'd be like to, to be there and with the crowd and all my family and friends cheering and things like that. So yeah, there's there's not a day that goes by where I don't visualize the goals and what I want to succeed. In. That's really nice. So you, what you're doing there, you're again alongside that vision board or that
1: goals board, you're constantly refreshing that subconscious vision of going, okay, I'm stretching it, I'm stretching it, I'm stretching it. And then that is becoming yeah, yeah. your normal, your your normality, your prediction of what's going to happen. So then your behaviors change. And that's yeah. so sweet. So I don't think there's anything mystical happening there. Um, even though sometimes these kind of things get wrapped up in it. I think you're just um, well, science proving that you the more you visualize this thing, the more that becomes your um, your default setting and then the more yeah. you, you carry out those activities one more question about visualization before i want to move on um yeah, yeah. what does that are you noticing the feeling or are you notice is it a very visual thing um like what when you're actually visualizing like what if, what sensations are going on for you is it the sound is it the tactile feeling
0: uh it's more of the sense of how i feel once achieving it so the sense of feeling extremely happy, um, what it'd feel like to, to step on the podium and have everyone cheering for you. And that sense of success is what I probably is what I'm feeling the most, is how good it will feel to have achieved to achieve that goal. And then in turn, that gives me a lot of motivation because I want to, I want to feel that in real life. So yeah, it kind of it's more of the emotions that I'm gonna feel from succeeding in that goal. And in that point,
1: are you standing above yourself, watching yourself, or are you kind of.
0: No, you're kind are of now?
1: like, yeah in, in, you, in, yeah, in your eyes. Yeah. 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 Kind of, uh, yeah. From my own eyes, how I'd see it. Nice. That's really cool. Um, yeah. That would provide a lot of value to people, like, a lot of value, because most people think it's kind of like this, I don't know, something that doesn't really work. Something that's. Yeah, like Richard- yeah exactly um but yeah, like you've proven it works and like your identity change as you've gone through these years i think is testament to that fact so you mentioned yeah. getting to the games um and qualifying um 20.2 uh, i don't know whether you remember that workout but i've heard a story that you'd attempted it quite a few times it was the uh, 20 minute AMRAP, i think of thrusters double unders um yeah um how many times did you attempt that do you remember
0: uh, I think that was uh Friday, Saturday. Yes, yeah, so I did it Friday, Saturday, and then did it twice on Monday. Yeah, and Just that's,
1: four. that's been described to, to me as one of the turning points or one of the moments that really proved your grit and determination and the strength of your mindset. Why do you think someone would describe it like that?
0: Yeah, so that was um, <clears throat> I can't remember the exact rep scheme, but it was something like four Dunbar thrusters, eight toaster bar, I think, and 24 double unders, 20-minute amrap. Mm-hmm. So they're they're good movements for me, but in that short, short rep scheme, it's really tough to go against smaller people and they're just their range of motion. So just if I'm competing against someone who um if I'm competing against someone who's five foot eight. Them doing four twisters, eight toes to bar, 24 double, they're going to finish it a lot quicker than I am. Just be purely because of range of motion. It's something that you don't like to use an excuse, but that was a prime example of it. It was literally a, re- it was a range of motion workout. When you've got everyone who's mega fit, no one's breaking up dumbbell twist or toes to bar. It's too small a rep scheme. Um, it's coming down to rep speed and, and range of motion. Um, so we did that first workout. I worked hard for 20 minutes and got a terrible score. I um, was really annoyed because these are good movements for me. I couldn't understand at the time why I was so bad at those movements. And uh, we evaluated the first workout we, as a team. Um, and we said, look, we've, I've just got to move faster. Like I didn't stop for 20 minutes, but I'm just not moving quick enough. So then we did it again on the Saturday. So I went out super hard and then I had to stop. After, I think it was about 10 minutes just because I was, I was working way too fast moving too quick I just couldn't keep up the pace so then uh, we evaluated again is that right we've got to try and pace it a little bit better but still got to be moving quick so I did again Monday morning um, pacing was off uh, again another bad score so this is a workout where you're doing hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of double unders you're doing hundreds of thrusters um, loads of toaster to bar so your body's getting mashed up every time you're doing this workout. And I bought it three times in three days. So we did a score on Monday, it wasn't good enough, went home. I was like, right, I've got to do this workout again, um, twice in a day. So then we came up with a strategy. It was really good strategy. So we had. Um, ben, who comes to me with all competitions, he's like my, my right-hand man and kind of looks after all my my time during competition. Um, He was on my pacings. We had another one, another person with a stopwatch who was um, calculating my rest. We had another person who was on a whiteboard ticking off how many rounds I was achieving. So we had about five or six people around me during this workout. And we came up with a strategy where we did, I think we did four rounds sprint, uh, rested something like 11 or 12 seconds and then did that on repeat. Um, And it was like a big team effort of, someone keeping me on pace, making sure I'm not resting too much. Another person making sure I was moving the correct speed to get the rounds done properly. Another person counting my total rounds. And it was just a real big team effort to achieve a good score in that um, 20.2. And eventually it was was a good enough score. And eventually, obviously, we won the Open and qualified for the game. So that was a real big um, workout for me where I didn't let the excuse of range of motion or, or how big you are get in the way. Even though it was a big hindrance for that workout, we still managed to, to devise a workout plan and, and get around it, which was, yeah, which is a big achievement for us as a team.
1: Yeah, I love Is it also interesting as well that you're focusing on the team like yeah, it, it's it's really cool to see, to hear for kind of for obvious reasons, but it's it's nice to to hear that it's not like this is what I did, this is what because it is a team effort in these environments. Yeah, as, yeah. as much as you're the person putting out putting the output, um, it's a team effort that goes into it. Yeah. Okay, so one question that I really want to get to. I just want to make sure we cover it. Um, what was your greatest athletic achievement?
0: Yeah, qualifying for the games.
1: Okay, and Easy. why is that so why was that so important to you
0: um just because like I said it was a goal I set out when I got into CrossFit that the, the goal and the only goal was to qualify for the games and like I said it took uh, 15, yeah seven years to finally achieve it so it wasn't a goal that came easy it was a goal I had to slug away for years and years to achieve it um I had to overcome lots of different injuries um had to overcome being a big athlete in the sport and learning how to move my body in the most efficient ways to compete with the smaller guys. Um, so, yeah, just because it took so long and it was such a resilient um, and sort of determined version of myself I need to be to be able to achieve that. And, yeah, like I said, we achieved that after seven years. So, yeah, that's definitely my my highlight of the career was to qualify for the Games.
1: Yeah, I can see why. And then talk to me about a great kind of individual uh, moment in athleticism so like is there a is there a workout you remember where you're like okay that was exactly how I want to feel
0: yeah so that was that was again that would be 20.2 okay nice so that, that would be the workout where I was most proud about and how we overcame my body composition to be able to suit that workout um, and like I said that took a lot of planning and a lot of working out to be able to to get that good score so that's definitely like my most um my most sort of thought after workout is was that how we, how we achieved that score nice and what was your mental state like
1: in that workout do you remember like any self-talk do you remember how it felt to be you at that point
0: uh I just felt like I've done this four times now and not getting a worse score so mm-hmm. it was uh when you're doing the workout all I'm thinking about is hitting my time so all I thought about Was doing four rounds as fast as I could, and that's as literally as far as I thought. I wasn't thinking about I'm doing a twenty minute workout. I wasn't thinking about how many rounds I've got to achieve. I literally just said, right, I'm doing four rounds. Then going to rest when they tell me. Then I'm going to go when they tell me. So yeah, I just saw it as four rounds every time. Nice.
1: That's a that's a that's a nice precise way to think about things.
0: So yeah, I think about the overall picture can be a bit daunting. Um, whereas I just thought about four rounds do it four rounds do it and it's a lot more achievable that way if you break it up yeah
1: absolutely it's for all the goals whether it's your property goals or whether it's get to the game yeah, exactly. or, or work with brands yeah whatever it is that's that's important to to do that so yeah. uh, like I'm gonna let you get on with your day and I appreciate your time but before we do that where can people right. follow you where can people um yeah where can people find out a bit more about you
0: so if you want to find me you can find my instagram um zach george uh, we've got a youtube channel as well um just find me zach george on there uh, the youtube channel is all about kind of collabing with different athletes so it's, it's quite cool and um, yeah my main platform is uh, zach george on instagram
1: nice thank you very much sir
0: awesome thanks mate.
1: i'm tom foxley Thank you for listening to the Limitless Athletes Podcast. If you want to follow Zach on Instagram, his handle is at George. Following this episode, we'll be releasing The Debrief, a summary of the wisdom within this conversation and practical steps to applying it in order to enhance your own mindset. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you can start growing the mindset of a Limitless Athlete. If you're on iTunes, a five-star review and some kind words are super helpful too. For further mindset training resources and tools, head to mindsetrx.com or find us on Instagram by searching for MindsetRX. That's MindsetRXD. Embrace hardship in your training this week, and don't forget to tune in next week where I'll be talking to owner of Morning Chalk Up and budding mountaineer CrossFit athlete and much more, Justin LaFranco.